It's time for Speaking of Speaking, quick tips and tools to take you from stage fright to spotlight. This podcast gives you an inside look from the world of public speaking and speaking secrets you need to be bold from the stage, no matter what business you're in. The host of Speaking of Speaking, Carl Richards. Thank you, Matt. It is another edition of the Speaking of Speaking podcast. I am so blessed to be speaking to another colleague who I had the opportunity to be featured in the book Voices With, Words of Wisdom, Inspiration, Courage, and Soul. She has brought all of those things to her chapter, and I'm excited to have a conversation with her about how she got to where she is today. Bree Dimmitt is an inspiring force of love and brilliance, determined to spread light wherever she goes, and to this podcast too, as you're going to find out in the next few moments. As a storytelling musician and keynote speaker, she believes everyone has a story in them and has a story that matters. As an expert at resilience and turning life's challenges into celebrations, Brie uses her creativity to help others with their stories by amplifying the voices of others through her music. She is one badass businesswoman. Let me tell you that. Bree Dimmitt, welcome to Speaking of Speaking. Thank you so much. I feel so privileged to be on here with you. So thank you so much for interviewing me today. I am privileged that we share something in common. We have a couple of boxes of these books that we get to share with our friends and colleagues and you know business professionals in the communities that we live in, which by the way, you are, whereabouts are you located again? I am located in the States, in Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay, right. Nary a snowflake in sight, right? Right, yes. <laughs> this podcast is being recorded in mid-December of 2021, and we're somewhere between spring and winter, or fall and winter, and Finter sounds funny, and so does Sprinter, but anyways, it's a pleasure having you here. Let's talk about your journey, because a lot of your journey not only changed the trajectory of your communication, but also was the catalyst that put things in motion later in your journey to become a storytelling musician. So let's go back a few years. Let's talk about the communication side of things, because your communication was basically cut off, right? I mean, my communication was very unique, to say the least. At five years old, I was diagnosed with epilepsy, which is a neurological condition impacting your brain. And so my brain didn't function as neurotypical as others. And so that really impacted my communication. And so expressing my emotions, expressing my needs and my wants was very different than your average person. Were you able to speak? Yeah. So I would have probably around seven seizures a week. So whether that be one a day or multiple and during my seizures, I wouldn't be able to speak. I am actually diagnosed with generalized tonic clonic seizures and focal seizures, which basically impact my entire body. It doesn't necessarily always look like what you would envision on like a movie screen or, you know, what you've seen on TV but I would lose consciousness and I would lose control of my body and my brain and my communication. So, yeah. Seven seizures per week. That is 
unbelievable. Did you know, like, could you tell when you were going to have a seizure? Clearly there are signs once you know, but how did you know? Absolutely. Well, so, and if anyone who's diagnosed with a new chronic illness, right, there's this period of transition and actually learning what that means for me. And epilepsy is one of those diagnoses that basically is different for everybody. So for me, I had a certain set of triggers that I learned after having so many seizures. I figured, okay, these were certain triggers that would bring on a seizure. And the first thing that would happen for me is I would have what's called an aura where my mouth would basically fall asleep. So the sensation when your hands fall asleep or your feet Mm. fall asleep, that would happen in my mouth. And so it wasn't until I was about 10 years old that when that sensation would happen, I would be able to walk over to a teacher or a friend or a parent and say, hey, I'm about to have a seizure and I know that I'm going to need support soon. It it sounds courageous and very forward thinking to be able to say, hey, I'm going to have a seizure. I'm going to need support. The people around you, you know, your friends, your teachers, for example, did they know what to do? Did they know, oh, Bree's going to have a seizure, so we need to do X, Y, and Z. We need to call an ambulance or we need to do this. Yeah. So at the time, you know, epilepsy first aid wasn't very common. So fortunately, you know, my parents were very supportive in the sense that they would have an emergency plan. And so it was a piece of paper that essentially we gave to any teacher or any, you know, role model that was there to support me, um, especially in school. But But even still, it's really scary when it actually happens. It looks very different on paper than it does in real life. And, you know, along with that, my peers, you're talking about being nine years old and my friends had no idea. It was very confusing to them and really created a challenging experience for me throughout my childhood. But luckily, we also ended up getting a necklace that I had that basically described, you know, the first aid procedures and what to do when I do have one. Kind of like a medic alert type necklace that says, okay, her condition is she's having a seizure and this is what you need to do. There was a point though, in your journey where you were literally dead on the table, I guess is a good way to put it. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, seizures after five years, I was diagnosed at five. I was 10 years old. It became the norm for me and my family. It eventually became kind of a routine. We knew what to do. But one morning I woke up and I talk a little bit about this in my chapter and I felt a little off. And that morning I happened to have a seizure that actually went on to last two and a half hours where you know, at, typically after a five minute seizure is when you call 911 and it shifts in the, the type of seizure that it becomes and it becomes more of an emergency. And so, you know, after that five minute mark, we called the ambulance, we called 911. I was eventually airlifted to a children's hospital where after that two and a half hours, I flatlined and was pronounced dead. And, you know, as the doctors and everyone was trying to discuss next steps and what that looked like, I came back and I took another breath. And then they went into, oh my gosh, okay, she's not dead. So, I mean, I was in the hospital for, oh gosh, I don't, it was almost two weeks after that. And what happens when I have a seizure is I experience memory loss. So after every seizure, I usually get really tired, sleep for two to three hours, and then I wake up and I'm 
am just kind of confused. I'm like, oh, what happened? Where was I? What was I doing? And so that's like the most common question that I get asked is like, oh my gosh, when you died, what was that experience like? Did you see anything? What was happening? And unfortunately, I really only recall my experience based on what I was told by my sister and my parents because I really don't remember what happened. So is that the focus of your chapter then? Let's talk about your chapter because we each had a chapter in this book and your chapter is your story. So share a little bit about your story. You shared a little bit about the journey with epilepsy. What other highlights are in that chapter? Yeah. So at 10 years old, you know, after that experience, I, as you can imagine, you know, already with my diagnosis, I really struggled cognitively, socially, emotionally, mentally. But after that experience at 10, I really struggled academically. I was actually testing years behind my peers, and it was really challenging for me to keep up. So that same year, I was actually turned away from three different schools that basically said the same, you know, we cannot provide the services that your child needs. Unfortunately, we don't have the resources and tools that she needs to be successful. So, you know, after constantly coming home, trying to keep up, my mom, who happened to be a licensed teacher at the time, goes, you know what? I'm going to homeschool you and we're going to figure this out and you are going to succeed. So let's do this together. And so I said, okay. And we did. So we created an entire curriculum, but the difference was what wasn't clicking in my brain was just the traditional school setting. And, you know, the standardized testing, et cetera. And so, you know, the one thing that my mom did, like when I walked in first day of school of homeschooling was what are things that light you up? What do you love to do? What do you love to watch? And at the time I loved The Price is Right, the TV show, Bob Barker. And so she said, okay, well, so we literally created a Plinko board for art. We learned all about grocery shopping and did like the grocery store game and learned about money and finance. And it was clicking in my brain because I would associate it with that episode that was on TV. And so for the first time in my academic career, I felt like the curriculum was based on my gifts and what I was good at opposed to being measured and compared to a system that wasn't created for me. So two and a half years later, you know, I was testing at the level of my peers with some additional support. um, And we decided as a family to get me back into a traditional school setting so I could be with my peers. And I was thriving. I was in volleyball, basketball, softball. I was making friends. It felt like life was normal again. And Then my mom got diagnosed with a rare liver cancer that only 12 people in the world have had and passed away six weeks later. And so then it was like hospitals had been my life leading up to that point with doctor appointments, et cetera. And, you know, I had just passed away myself at 10 and here I am at 13 now, like holding my mom's hand, the one hero, the one person that basically told me like I can and believed in me is gone. And so that night was one of the hardest nights of my life. And it was when I wrote my first song called Collapsed. And it was about the walls in that hospital room collapsing on me and feeling like, how am I ever going to move forward? Well, so my 13-year-old self wrote that song and it wasn't until, oh, maybe I was 25. So years later, I put it out and produced it and released it publicly 
And the ripple effect was powerful. And just this idea of, you know, creating art and creating something purposeful from your pain was what resonated with so many people. And that sparked a passion in me to create the storytelling musician, which is what I do today. And I was just going to say, you're creating not only the story and the experience, but you're doing it through another method of communication, and that's music. It's you know right. a universal language that we all understand. I think it was Stevie Wonder who coined that phrase or said that in his music. That So how did you find yourself getting into music, having this medical condition, this epilepsy? Was it an easy gravitation for you? I mean, the education seemed like it was a little bit hard for you, that it had to be presented in a different way, which is another communication discussion altogether. But at what point did you say, okay, music, or what point was music introduced to you as either a coping mechanism or a way to express yourself? Yeah. So that's something that's been in my like soul for my whole life. So, I mean, at five years old, I remember writing poems and I remember singing my own made up songs and And, you know, as I navigated through my educational and academic career, you know, that's what I kept going back to was that was my coping mechanism. That was healing for me. Um, And in that moment of one of the hardest days of my life, that was what I went back to. And so I think it's always been something that it just has always felt so natural. I don't necessarily consider myself your average musician who's like, you know, picked up a guitar at two years old and it just came to me fluently. You know, I did play the violin and I do dabble in piano and guitar, but I think for me, music is about the 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 healing and the gift and the art of creating something out of a challenge or creating, you know, that purpose from that pain. And so for me, I think it's been a tool and a bridge to get me to, you know, love myself and step into my power and do what I love to do, which is help people feel their best self and recognize the strength and the grit and the resilience that they have. So it's personal and it's therapeutic, but it's also something that you use as a tool to inspire or help your clients or the people in your network move forward as well. Absolutely. How is it that you've made that your life's work? How do you inspire them? What programs or what services do you have in place that help people in that place, in the place that they're at? Yeah. My whole career, I feel like started as a storytelling musician and really sitting down with individuals, creating a space that's safe for people to show up and share with no critique, criticism, or judgment, and really take their words and create the lyrics with those words and create their song. And, you know, that trickled into, I think what resonated most with my clients in the beginning of my career was hearing their own words in this song. These are words that they're basically telling themselves. And so that powerful moment when they had their song reveal and heard themselves speaking this like passion and light into themselves was then what sparked me to be like, yeah, I want to start speaking to other people. I want to start speaking to colleges. I want to start helping other people see this strength and this light that is within them 
through their own personal life experiences. So I'm now launching a mastermind that's coming out in 2022 that we'll be registering for in January. And that's really about stepping into your power and living the life that you want to and doing it with confidence. Let's talk about that speaking to colleges, because it's great to hear that you've been able to take this experience, this journey, transform it into music, but then also take the story to the next level. And that's getting on stages in front of various audiences, including the colleges and stuff. How well received is that message at the college level? It's been incredible. That has been an ideal age group for me because... It's a time in your life where really you're navigating who you want to be and what you want to be and what you want to do with your life. And whether you've experienced, you know, a level of hardship before you enter college or whether your journey's coming soon, it's a point where a lot of people are interested to hear all the avenues of life. For me, I ended up getting my master's degree, but I did it as more of a spiteful thing, you know, because with my epilepsy, It was not in the plan that I was told as a child to be able to get a degree. And so for me, getting that meant that I am capable of doing anything more than I need this in order to be successful. And so I think that's a really key message too, to relay to these kids that are getting all sorts of impact, right? From social media, from technology, Mm -hmm. from their parents, all these messages, and they're figuring out what's true to them. And so I think The one thing I really enjoy doing when I'm speaking to those audiences is letting them know that the best way is their way. And so anything's possible and they get to decide, you know, what they want their life to be. There's a certain invincibility too, when we're at that college or university level that we think we can do it all and we don't necessarily have anything that holds us back. But if we're thrown a curveball like you were thrown at a very young age before you even got to the college or university level, sometimes that is enough to set you back. And some people get set back and unfortunately don't pick themselves up and keep going. They live in a place where they just don't know how or they feel that they can't move the needle forward for themselves. Absolutely. Let's talk about the mastermind. You say you're launching that in early 2022. So give some of the details about that. Yeah. So I, about two years ago, met an incredible woman in Indianapolis, and she's a guide through human design and is a career coach and helps people learn more about themselves and what lights them up and then helps them find the right career path. And so we basically met and we had the same mission of helping the world live their best life in their own way. And so, yeah, we basically meshed what we do together. So she basically works one-on-one related to career coaching and human design. And then I sit down with you and learn your brand learn what your life lesson, your life journey is and what your message is and create a custom song. And then at the end, you know, you get to kind of graduate with this song that's a physical copy that basically you can use for your own keynote speaking. You can use on your website, you can use anywhere. And yeah, it's your own reminder of how you're giving back to the world with your own unique gifts. That sounds very cool. That sounds phenomenal. Before I let you go today, is there something that you would like to share with the audience that you'd like to pass along to them? Yeah, I think if I had one message that I would want anyone to really understand and hear is that, you know, your way is the best way. The story starts with you and you really are capable of doing anything you set your soul to. Bree DeMitt, it has been 
phenomenal having you today as a guest on my show. Congratulations once again with voices. I see all sorts of posts on social medias of the book signings that you're doing. So phenomenal work in getting the word out. Great job. And thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed my time and I really appreciate you, Carl, for interviewing and talking with me today. Awesome. And remember, get out there and own the platform. Thanks for listening to the Speaking of Speaking podcast. Fired up about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Be sure to visit carlspeaks.ca. And don't forget to follow Carl on Twitter at carlrichard72 or join the Facebook group Speaking of Speaking. Speaking.